Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about PR and ACO, how we can get results. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with David Tile. How are you? I- I'm really fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, big pleasure. We chatted a little before podcast. It was online, but right now we are online, so you can share your positive mindset. I love it. You know, I yeah. love with people who enjoy the process of communication. <laughs> and Jay, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, about your business, and how you spend time in Florida time to time. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, here's the, the quick tour. I'm 35 years old. I've been at this for 12 years now. So I, I truly, I came out of college and actually tried to start a, a little tech auction website that went absolutely nowhere. Uh, you know, I, I spent maybe six, seven, eight months building building the tech. I had a small team out in, you know, a team out in India, right? And I just, we couldn't figure out the the various auction mechanics to, to keep the, uh, you know, to keep everything, everything sort of live at the same time. So I, I ended up, as that was obviously going nowhere, I ended up taking a bunch of freelance writing jobs myself on the two predecessors to Upwork. This was uh, Elance and, and Odesk. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar. And lucky me, I, I really, right away, I ran into a number of really significant volume clients, a couple of SEO agencies, a couple of agencies that were doing big content jobs with like answers.com and eBay and Shopify and LegalZoom. So I, I ran into these agencies as a freelancer and I just started chatting with the team. I'm like, you know, hey, can I can I help you with more and more and more of your volume? And so of course they were like, yeah, like absolutely. So I ended up hiring an editor off of the, out of the Dallas morning news full-time. And we started picking up writers on a full-time and a part-time basis. And I just sort of snowballed this team over the first, you know, six months or so of, you know, upwards of a of, of hundred writers. We, we had, this was, again, this is 12 years ago. So this is like old, old hat SEO where you could really build, you could build a huge volume of, we were doing for answers.com at our height. And this is like, I'm 23 years old. I have no idea what I'm doing. We had upwards of a thousand articles that we had to deliver to answers.com every single week. And so, you know, you know how they, how that would have been right. HTML coded. If the apostrophe is, is the raw, if it's a smart apostrophe and not the other one, it's going to break on. It was, it was absolute insanity. And I think, I don't really remember this, but I think they were paying us like thirteen or fourteen dollars an article. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you could, you know, for at, at at the you know in the biggest uh, you know in the biggest possible version of that, the annual revenues were quite staggering. But it was a there were I'll tell you this much: there were a few Friday nights where I that that became Saturday mornings, and I'm calling you know writers in the Philippines saying, "Hey, I need you to do an extra five articles. We we missed our deadline, right?" <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, that that work really was a, a content writing service. And that's sort of the first iteration of our firm. Now, in the last five, six years or so, we actually came into through a, a, a 
white label contract of ours with a, a marketplace. We came into contact with a um, a PR outreach uh, software that wanted to leverage the content writers in order to actually just literally send uh, like the, the product was this for $99 a month, your writers are going to send 50 journalists a custom pitch, you know, on behalf of our clientele. So we so we ended up just saying yes, right? You always you always say yes, at least to 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 start. And it was a pretty hectic offer, but it, it, it you know, we brought on a couple of PR specialists at that time who actually Eli's now are are you know my my managing partner and he's a partner in the firm. Um, so he was actually he helped me sort of co-found this PR offering. And just to make a long story long, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, that that moment sort of was this, you know, pivotal moment in the life of a firm where we transitioned from a just a pure writing house into something a lot more comprehensive. You know, we'll do now we do sort of full stack SEO content marketing. We'll do regular SEO. We'll do content marketing. We'll do editorial outreach. We'll do podcast outreach. We'll do full content funnels where we're designing, you know, top of funnel, medium, you know, mid, bottom, and actually putting uh, a bunch of paid media in there. We'll do B2B lead gen. So we've got a pretty full stack now uh, uh, set of, of services in and around, you know, SEO and, and content marketing. Um, and, and yes, I, I am trying to move my family from Toronto to Florida. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we will be neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. I haven't decided yeah. if I want to do Fort Lauderdale or Pompano or Boca or Coconut Grove or, or you know, Bell Harbor or something like that. Uh, I think it depends on children, you know, so uh, yes. I'm here because of my son. <laughs> we, right on. Yeah, we, we need to find a good school. So, yeah, on this place I can find it. Okay, Dave. Uh, let me share my story. You know, uh, it's interesting that uh, many years ago, like 10, 12 years ago, uh, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. You know, so I gave them topics, weight loss, finance, anything. So uh, they wrote uh, Google rank, everything uh, was fine, but things change many times. Uh, it's hard to count how many times Google changed the policy, many different filters like Panda, similar. So uh, today uh, I fired this team, Google fired this team, okay, <laughs> not me, That's right. but uh, because I pay attention to marketing, to ACO, and uh, I prefer to cooperate with uh, writers because I still need uh, uh, great text, but I cooperate with writers who know specific topics. So if they write about specific topic, then we could can cooperate, especially because we promote crypto websites, Forex trading, and uh, uh, Google has this Your Money, Your Life, EEAT, uh, Expertise, uh, Experience, Authority, Trust. So we need to consider that. And I need content from experts. Can you tell your methods? Because today you have a company uh, that can help with writing. So your methods, how to hire great writers who can create quality high quality content especially yeah. today when we have ai that can write from scratch for a few seconds but uh, of course it's not creative you know i feel like yeah. ai is the best rewriting tool ever rewriting not writing so your tips how to find great writers <laughs> yeah you know I, I i think there's a huge emphasis on 
finding the best writer. But I, I, I actually have a different way of thinking about it, which is actually finding the best journalist. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll go a step further. And this is something that I learned when I hired, when I first hired the copy editor out of the uh, out of the Dallas Morning News. And his advice was most writers, most good writers that you know about from the news, right, from newspaper, most good writers actually stink at writing. They just know how to get the story. And the, it's the copy editors who are building the prose and who are putting the commas in the right place and all the rest. So, I, you know, I don't really look at the, I don't look at it as like, you have to find the greatest writer in a specific subject. I, I almost look at it like you have to find the most personable journalist that is willing to prop, look, there, some, some degree of subject matter expertise is important when you're having a conversation with, let's say, the CEO of a, you know, hundred million dollar company in the space and you're trying to build a good story from that ceo if you come across as a complete dunce that story is going nowhere right so there's some degree of, of expertise that is important in there but you don't necessarily need to be the greatest writer you need to go out you need to find the right like we have a client where we go out on their behalf and they actually pay for this and we go out on their behalf and we find PhD level folks who are PhD level folks who are in the field of, you know, whatever cognitive behavioral science or, or whatever, they'll pay for their time and we interview them. And so it's, it's the journalist asking the sub, the real subject matter expertise, the questions and building and, and sort of synthesizing that into a great story. And then the copy editor does the, their job at the end of the line and, and you know, produces the, the, the great prose to, to, you know, sort of get that, get that into a place of, of uh, high quality. Right. Is that, is that make sense? Especially yeah. in the day of, in the, in the, mm -hmm. in the days of, of AI here, right? Like every, the, the bottom 90% of the copywriting industry right now of just like pumping out SEO keyword based copy, it's like, it's it's just so easy to go to ChatGPT and get that same quality, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you know. Uh, I, I like to cooperate with journalists because they have different mindset. You know, copywriters uh, often ask uh, how many words to write. You know, <laughs> or uh, I don't know uh, many similar questions. How many yeah. keywords to use? But journalists are looking for something new. You know, for a new story because uh, uh, big publications don't care about keywords about uh, the number of words google don't care uh, at all about that so but uh, journalists uh, they need to create something new valuable if people love it then uh, they will get new contracts you know so yeah That's i right. completely agree with that i, I like the, this mindset. doing the hard work of turning the dial and actually finding a story that's it's not obvious that ai is there yet Right. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's obvious that it can pump out. If you want to write a generic article on parenting 101 or, or something that's been written about 40 million times already, it, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to meet a, it's going to meet any quality standard. But if you want to interview 
the top expert in parenting, it's not so obvious that the, you know, that, that AI is, is there yet as far as the, the human interaction is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, anyway, plus hundred million users, uh, use chat GPT today. Uh, so a lot, a lot. And I think, you know, uh, I used AI before chat GPT today. I use uh, more often, uh, but not for the sake of writing. I usually edit on chat GPT. If I can yeah. build my thoughts, I can send this mess to chat GPT and ask, please, uh, help me with that. Create, uh, nice written content uh, without losing the meaning. So uh, I can create titles, descriptions, many things on ChatGPT. Can you tell your methods how to use AI today? Because I don't think it's a good idea to ignore this tool. We can hate AI, but if you use it right, not overuse. So you can get great yeah. results with that. So your tips about that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm all over, honestly. And I've been talking about this and thinking about this for a long time. I've been thinking about AI for a long time, especially as it relates to my business. But I, I've really been thinking about this heavily over the last, you know, obviously since it was, you know, since Jasper took over and got that huge valuation. And then with ChatGPT's one, I, I go back and forth. I, I don't, I don't know. And I, I, I'm going to, I have to, like, I sort of have to punt um, on, on the following question, which is, what what does the future hold for seo what does the future hold for google right like is chat gpt or bing plus chat gpt going to can't like going to turf google are people going to stop searching because there is a world in the maybe you know mid you know near future right where we you know everybody sort of has a could have a personalized butler that in in the form of uh you know in the form of a a an ai assistant right i don't know if you've ever seen the, the movie her but something like that is is like not really that far out of the realm of possibility and if you have a butler that is a super intelligent sort of artificial intelligence that's sitting in your earbud you don't really need you're not going to really need google anymore right um yeah. so there, there's a there's a sort of a weird future that is evolving that might not, you know, that might actually sidestep SEO entirely. I'll go the other way too, right? Which is, I'm not so, you know, I'm not so sure that uh, Google is ever going to really, you know, of course, they're developing their own artificial intelligence right and so they're they're not they're, yeah, i'm sure they're hedging their bets left and right and up and down um but they're not really going to be in a position where they should excuse me uh they're not really going to be in a position where they should ever permit ai content to be like supreme or to be ranking and so in a, in like because because here's the here's the bot like as far as I see it, if if Google comes to the table and they say yo, SEO content is permitted to be ranking for any volume of keywords doesn't matter, they've now create they'll create this weird incentive where because the cost of creation is literally zero. You can go to ChatGPT for twenty bucks a month and create a trillion articles, right? So if you're, if the cost to, of creation is zero, even if it's you know somewhat generic, right? The cost of creation is zero. 
the that and and but the incentive is okay google will let you rank everybody's just going to publish a trillion articles right and so now google now google's created this incentive where if i want to start a, a dental clinic i also need to create a trillion articles on my blog or whatever in order to that my website rank properly for you know local dentist in pompano beach or, or whatever else right um so i i i I am acknowledging here that I didn't really answer your question, so forgive me. But I, it, it hopefully that gives some context because I, I don't. I think the future, and I, I, I would even argue that the search engines themselves don't really know what that future looks like right now. It's the, the future with respect to SEO, with respect to utilizing AI in SEO copy is. I think it's totally up for grabs. And I would, I would urge anybody in digital marketing, anybody in SEO, anybody in copy to proceed with extreme caution when using AI, but to experiment like absolute crazy right now, because there's so, there's so many tools coming to the table every single day. You just make sure that you're properly, you know, you're properly siloed because there's going to be more and more, uh, you know, crazy moments where, I mean, it's not like, Listen, you know, as somebody who's been in SEO copy for 12 years, right? Like, it's not like like AI or, or article spinning. Like, it's not like computer-generated language. Computer-generated copy is a new phenomenon. This has been a, a cat and mouse game with Google forever. Uh, it's just hella significant. It's, it's uh, hella uh, sophisticated now with... Uh, a tremendous, uh, you know, LLM that's come to the table, obviously. Does that answer your question or have I completely just sidestepped it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think part of the question, yes. <laughs> because, yeah, I think it's a broad topic. So broad topic, yeah. it's hard to reply uh, yeah, uh, yeah. to this like, question. The bottom, the bottom line is this, and I'll, I'll just keep it really simple. If clients are down to let us experiment with AI, we're, we're going to use it and we're going to use it to support our content creation, not to be the entirety of it, but to be a, a, uh, a tool that we use. Um, but if clients are allergic to it and many have, have proven to be allergic to it because they're nervous that it, they'll get the, the Google hammer. Um, we just, we don't, we have a, uh, we have our team of human copywriters and we stick to it. And that's the, that's the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, before we start, to discuss about PR, we have the question of uh, what of potential duplicate e duplicate issues. Uh, I think it's like rewriting. Yeah, we discussed about rewriting before, uh, and yeah, uh, I think you know uh, when we are talking about rewriting, um, I feel the same when I ask my friends about a new movie. You know, I usually uh, love to save time. Uh, before going to a new movie, I can ask my friends uh, about their review. And in most common reply, I usually get like uh, nothing special, the same plot. I, similar, I watch similar movies and I feel it's the same with, uh, with rewriting, you know, uh, because rewriting, uh, it's like rephrasing uh, existing content. Users can find this content in the top 10. Google can recognize that nothing special, nothing new. That's why I'm against uh, rewriting. You need to learn user intent, but to share something new. If you can't, skip this topic. If 
find something else. Yeah. Why we need to write a new article about how to play guitar if we have a million other articles how to play guitar? You know. So uh, how to lose weight? I think billion articles can tell how to lose weight. So it's better to find specific topics. By the way, uh, can you tell your methods how to create a content plan with topics that uh, are outdated or uh, I don't know ignored by competitors? Yeah. Uh, we like to tell unique stories that are driven from our 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 clients, like their their life, their business, their um, you know, it, like talking talking through a, a a customer story, talking through a, a human story with some an employee, talking through a, a specific challenge that the business is is holding, drafting case studies. All of that is is so you know such like there's just no way that that's going to be duplicate like duplicatable and duplicated versus okay how do i you know how do i play guitar right so i, I think you know like the the you know the the best ai thinkers now are are coming back to the following adage which is that uh you know tw what was it 20 30 years ago that um AI deep mind beat the you know beat the the top chess grandmaster in the world and he publicly declared afterwards that chess is dead and the the uh, opposite is true now that actually chess is booming and thriving and we're not all watching we're not all watching just AI play each other cuz that would be super boring and every game would end in a draw right whereas the human flaws and the human challenging each other that's actually compelling story that's a compelling story that we continue to pay attention to and it seems to me that that is trending upwards right the same can be said in the way that you approach content marketing and copywriting for your you know for your brand for your company for your website etc it's telling human stories it even as and I think this is, we need to acknowledge this as a species, right? Even as we are literally giving birth to a uh, super intelligence that's going to be way beyond our capabilities ourselves, we're birthing something new. We have no idea what we're doing, but we're doing it anyways, right? So there is a super intelligence and then there's a humanity that's going to live here somewhere. Even as that's happening, uh, people are still going to pay attention to human stories. Right. So that I, I like that tool agnostic, right? Like whether or not it's it's a it's your AI butler that's writing this thing. Human stories are gonna live on. I I, yeah. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, nice. You know, uh I lost track how many times you uh tell the word stories you know in our podcast I usually track, but I lost my track <laughs> probably more than uh, five times uh, around 10 times and uh, let's talk about stories you know uh, i think yeah uh, stories will live forever because people love stories and uh, content is boring without stories and um, you know uh, when i read any book from jack london he wrote his books 100 years ago but i love the stories you know when i take these books i can feel that i'm part of the journey yeah. I'm in Alaska, I'm in uh, islands, uh, in Canada, because uh, I can feel this book. I can forget about meal, water, anything you now about sleep because I love the stories. But, you know, it's interesting that 
many business books are great for sleeping. Now, when you have problem with sleep, you can take a new boring book, read it, <laughs> sleep well. You know, you know, it's valuable, valuable, yes. but it's boring. And once I spoke with Jim Edwards, uh, he worked in Business Insider 10 years, and he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content because business is boring, but Business Insider found the way to entertain users, to uh, give them the reason to consume content until then. Can you tell how to do it, how to share stories for B2B, for business preferences? <laughs> it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a tremendous question. And I, I really, I don't, I, I don't think there's a one size fits all uh, uh, answer here. It, it would be like, it would be like this, right? Like if I go, one of the services we offer is podcast outreach, right? But mm -hmm. I don't, we don't go into every sales meeting thinking we have to land a podcast outreach service if the shoe doesn't fit, right? If the individual, if the person that we're pitching, if the business owner or whoever isn't a, you know, necessarily a compelling podcast guest, then it would be disingenuous and unfruitful and, and in poor taste as a business for us to pitch that service. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the, I think the, I, I think the best people in the space right now are crafting individual narratives on a, on a case by case basis, right? Go through everybody. You know, if you're talking to a business owner who's been doing it for 20, 30 years, they, maybe they got a nice, you know, a nice team of, 40 people or 400, whatever the hell they've got, right? They, they've got a ton of war stories and you can be certain and you can be certain of that, right? And so that leveraging and, and getting into the weeds there, um, I, I think is, is, it's not a, and maybe this is, maybe this is a tactical answer, right? Like literally in a journalistic way, tease out, the stories that you that your clients that your that you are um tease out those those war stories get in there go to go like really dig in and, and learn and try to understand how it is that you can you can build that build that art because uh, you know i think you're i think where you're where you're coming from here is actually quite bright which is that the the truth is this is a, an, a in my view it's an evolutionary imperative as in we, we you know the tech the, the reading and writing technology in the evolution of, of humanity is only a new ish technology so to speak and so the story really the you know the guiding principles the guiding principle for the majority of human evolution has actually just been a common mythology as told through stories, probably around the campfire, right? And so mm -hmm. we're, we are innately wired to accept story. I mean, look at, the, look at the Bible, right? Like these are the, these are the common stories that we always come back to. Um, so we're in, we're bred to love stories. Um, I think everybody should have a little bit of an instinct insofar as as teasing that out and, and telling a great story and, and then fi finding it and then writing it and all the rest. Right? Yeah, nice. Does nice. that make sense? Uh, yeah, makes sense. Dave, I want to touch the topic about PR. Yeah, 
you help uh, customers uh, to speak on podcast. But, you know, uh, my audience is interested about PR. We do a lot of PR. Uh, it's uh, part of our SEO process because PR can help us to earn authoritative, relevant backlinks. Uh, so uh, we send press releases. But it's not simple because, uh, you know, uh, you can ask ChatGPT to write press release. You can get for a few seconds, but uh, without something new, without quality. Can you tell how to write press releases that journalists will publish in the end? What kind of value to provide newsworthy information? Any tips about press releases? Can I say, I, I, I'm not a big press release guy uh, and, mm -hmm. and, okay. and we don't, gen look, we will write them if there's something newsworthy um, and we'll, 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 we have a, a variety of other methodologies that, that will uh, approach in so far as creating a, you know, a thunderclap if there's something newsworthy, but our, the way we approach PR is, is really as a, as a means for uh publicity and and for you know honestly like top of funnel you know con you know in a in a content marketing context and so our one of my i'll, I'll go I'll, I'll approach it this way okay one of my favorite hacks is creating unique data okay so one of the things that we'll recommend and we have a number of clients that that do this is uh let's say a quarterly trends report Okay, so you can you, you can basically create if you're willing to invest in a little bit of uh, quantitative you know insights, quantitative research, you can collect and, and synthesize a bunch of data with respect to your, your industry and then produce a, you know, let's call it a quarterly cornerstone piece of content. Right. When you have that that cornerstone, go out, obviously, and tease out a dozen, two dozen headlines and write a bunch of blog content that you're going to publish on your website. And then from each blog article, you want to produce a, you know, a flurry of tweets and, and social copy, et cetera. But what you also want to do, and this is where this gets fun is use the exercise to prop up a number of, or a single author, you know, author of authority inside, inside your firm. And what you're going to, so what you're going to want to do is create a, create that persona, right? Create the individual that is like a Neil Patel, right? That when they come knocking in a niche magazine, in a trade magazine to contribute, it's just such an obvious, it's a, it's so obvious that they should be somebody that is contributing an article, et cetera. And now the, uh, the last weave that we do is all those headlines for blog articles, that you've pulled from the unique data that you've collected, they should be your pitches into any of the niche trade magazines, any, any, any sort of, you know, any sort of, when you have the, you own the data, right? So you have a unique specific position in the market and you can go to a, a you know, you can go to a niche trade mag and say, Hey, X percent of, this segment is saying, you know, A, B, C, X, Y, and Z about this, you know, this product group or whatever. And that unique data point, because you own the data, because you own the report, et cetera, um, that's a very compelling thing for, that's a unique story. That's a compelling thing for a lot of magazines that they won't, because you, you understand. And I think the genesis of your question here is that 
a ton of these places, you know, anybody that has attention, right? Any mag, any digital magazine that has attention, they're in their editors, their journalists, their, you know, the publisher, et cetera, they're inundated with generic and they're going to be continue to inundate, you know, continue to be inundated with generic pitches all day, every day. But if you have something hyper unique, they'll they'll their you know their eyes and their their eyes will open and their ears will perk up and, and all the rest mm -hmm. nice nice and uh, okay C can you tell more about this method uh, so you don't send, send press releases but you send some stories short stories about topics to journalists uh uh, can you clarify more about yeah i, th uh, I, I think PR? i think the way the way we think about pr is, is as a holistic game insofar because uh -huh. it, you know it's not just did we send a press release it's are we getting a volume of publicity that is functional with respect to our broad content you know our broad content marketing funnels and our, our you know broad objectives a if obviously if you're getting a bunch of hits you're getting backlinks you're getting you know likely you're getting seo traction and that's great for kpi uh for for you know for whatever client service kpi you're trying to nail right but but also there's a brilliant intangible story um you know one of the case studies that we wrote on our on our website uh, so I, I don't really feel guilty sharing the story is where we helped a, a team generate something like 30 or 40 press hits over a 12-month period, including getting the founder into Newsweek as an expert, uh, you know, as an expert source, right? And in the course of that 12 months, they ran their business north of 20 million in annual revenues, and they raised a $3 million round. So I don't take credit for those two things specifically, but they're not completely mutually exclusive as in branding the founder branding branding somebody as a specific expert in the field and getting them the credence and the authority from uh, an outlet like newsweek it's not an irrelevant consideration when somebody is thinking about making an investment decision when somebody's thinking about how to so i don't it's not we didn't do that Right. We didn't go out and raise the money for them, but we did help them build a, a serious, you know, branding for their for their founder. So I, I don't I don't think it's a zero. I don't think it's a zero. Uh, I don't think we had you know nothing to do with that. So I, that's mm. that's sort of I, I think that answers your question. But I'm doing a lot of uh, so I'm doing a lot of sidestepping. Yeah, got it. Got it. OK, Dave, uh, I want to ask you about common mistakes, you know, in my life. I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them. You know, it's like part of the process. So can you list mistakes that uh, companies still do in writing and your tips how to find a much better way? Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's a great question. And I, it's a it's a it's a funny framing that I, I'm sort of, you know, my, my gut is to is to just go back to uh, a question insofar as as generic copy you know generic content and copy is concerned and i think it's it's another word of caution which is that the internet is being flooded has always been flooded but will continue to be and this is trending in that direction with ai technologies now flooded with generic crappy copy all the time right 
And so if, if, if your view is quantity, if your view today is quantity over quality, you're just not gonna, you're just not gonna win. Um, and, and trust me, like take it from somebody who was in the quantity game for a long, for a long time, right? Um, it, it's just not a, a winning strategy anymore. Generic quantity is not the winning game. It's, 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 you know, unique, high quality stories. And that, that's a, um, that, that, that would be my gut in, in answering your question. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it's better, less, but quality. Sometimes it's better just one article than a hundred articles, you know, yes. an article with the, I don't know. You can create your estimation. Uh, I have my internal estimation according to my guts, you know, experience. So I can feel it. So I can estimate. Okay. If I can't improve a copy, then I can, can move on to the next copy. But if I can feel it, that it's possible. So yeah, uh, I, I keep working with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's good data on this too. And I, I, I think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting study. If you go to any, like if you go to Shopify, for example, and you go, you go into their, you know, you go into their blog and you, you break it down on SEMrush or on Hrefs or any of the major SEO analytics softwares, you'll note that, you know, it's a, it's 80, 20, right? 90, 95% of the traffic are, is actually coming through 5%, 10% of the articles. And you can go in there, like go in there and look and look at them. They're the, they're the most, those are the most, uh, you know, the most unique, those are the best, those are the best pieces. And you can imagine uh, in a big organization like a Shopify or whatever, that you've got a variety of internally, a variety of politics and a variety of, of testing and, and experimentation and, and people who are, you know, need to write and publish for the sake of their jobs. Um, and so, you know, it's like there, there, there's, there's, of course, in, in an internal organization, there's a variety of, of um, politics that might play into this, but like the, 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 the science and the analytics are there fought like 80, 80, 20, all the way. Most search traffic comes through a very small, uh, uh, and I, I could say this, you know, we have a few hundred uh, articles published on my website. We're not getting the same traffic as, as Shopify necessarily, but um, in most, most of the traffic comes through 10% of our articles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. And Dave, my final question, according your experience, you know, let's imagine you have no experience of writing. Uh, you didn't write any word in your life. You just <laughs> take your pen to write the first word. But you know uh, why I'm asking about that? Because I found, you know, when customers understand uh, what you do, uh, when they understand basic, you can get much higher results. For example, if my customers don't understand SEO, I tell them, take my course, learn on Google, learn on YouTube, learn, uh, understand the basic because uh, it's hard to become an expert because we spend years to craft uh, our skills. Uh, but when they understand the basic, we can cooperate like a cohesive team, you know, to achieve uh, go some goals. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch. What will you do today to learn more about writing? 
in grade eight, okay, so 20 plus years ago now for me, I had a teacher by the name of Mr. Van Dalward, and he was our English teacher. And every class, he would start the class, he would shut off all the lights. He had a few lamps, so there was some some dark, you know, there's some dark light in the room, but it was very, very dark and, and isolating. And everybody had, everybody had a notebook. And he would start the class with a five minute, this was a, a hectic ask for a 12 year old, right? A five minute writing exercise, which was, you are not allowed to stop writing. So put literally put pen to paper, and just keep writing. And if you stop writing, you're in trouble or whatever, right? And then literally we would we spend another five minutes and and he would pick five people out of the class to read, to read their their uh to read, you know, to read their story out loud or whatever. Um pure play, stream of consciousness. I'm a that so okay. So I I loved I loved that exercise, right? Because you force your you just force yourself to act instead of a lot of people overthink and they get ahead of themselves like they they everything has to be absolute perfection in the way that they're thinking about it mentally and then they never and then they and then they forget about it right they go on instagram or they go on on, on tiktok and that's and that's it right um so I, I think my my advice there is action just plain and simple is that action is way better than perfection yeah yeah i agree you know it's more important to practice you know i can read a hundred books how to write but That's if right. you you know if you overlearn and do nothing you get nothing but if you practice like cristiano ronaldo he doesn't read a lot of books how to play soccer. <laughs> he ah. prefers to hit the ball thousand times a day because right. it's more about practice, you know. So just do it. Uh, Dave, it's a big pleasure to get in my show, uh, to learn from you. Likewise. Tell our audience yeah, the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Hit me up on, on Twitter. My handle is David Tile, T-I-L-E. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I will often share my thoughts uh, and, and our, you know, our, and and we do some some stuff with our company page as well. But hit me up. I'm I'm available. Twitter, LinkedIn, anywhere you need. Mm -hmm. Guys, you can find the link in the description below to LinkedIn account. I recommend to follow Dave because you can see a lot of value. Thanks again for your time. Love it. So All right. Valuable. Yeah. Thank okay, you very guys, much. You, you you need to follow Dave. Okay, love you. See you. <laughs>